0: Mile High Magic is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Bronco's ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. You can check out all the panoramic seat-view photos from every section. It's a two-tap checkout. You can get tickets to not just sports too, but also music and theater. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets.
1: I can tell this organization is committed to winning Broncos, they do have incredible fans that love this team, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Another takeaway for this Denver defense in 58 is right in the middle of all of it. Wow! Touchdown Denver! Unbelievable! Oh my goodness! Oh, hello, everyone. Thanks so much for logging on to Mile High Magic for a bonus episode. What better way to start off your Thanksgiving holiday than a bonus episode of our Mile High Magic podcast alongside Nikki Javala. I am Michael Spencer. We are bringing you our all-decade team. I got to give all the kudos to Nikki. She's the one that wrote the article for The Athletic, so I'm basically just stealing all of her information here. I do have a couple of names that I will throw out that uh, did not make your list, Miss Javala. However. You can
0: disagree with me, but well, you will be wrong. I,
1: I was going to bring up the fact that you had 12 guys on the offensive side of the football, which would be a penalty, but I guess I'll I mean, they've had
0: that penalty before, True, so whatever. This is not the first I time. Mean, like, <laughs> I mean,
1: like, I mean. Didn't they get that penalty coming out of a timeout once? I think that might yes, have been a Vance Joseph specialty. Yes, they
0: did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Great. Um So I was just, you know it is the 2000s 2010 all decade team. So just fitting with what they gave me, you know, so whatever I wanted Jano in there. Cause you can never have too many Janos,
1: never have too many Janos, even 22 Janos wouldn't be enough Janos. Uh, so That's let's correct. go down the list here and we'll obviously get into, uh, kind of why we chose these guys and, uh, and who we left off and, and maybe why they were left off. And, uh, It is your list, Nikki. So let's start with number one, calling the shots. The quarterback of the decade for the Denver Broncos is... Peyton Manning. Can you believe it? I thought you were going to say Brock Osweiler. God, I thought you were going to say Brock Osweiler. I know. That was a tough one for
0: me. It took me a long time. It took me a while to come up with that name. But, you know, after careful consideration, I decided to hand it to Peyton Manning. You're welcome.
1: Seems like the uh, obvious, clear clear (laughs) and obvious choice there. He didn't do that much in his four
0: years in Denver. I mean, it was was, like. There there were the two Super Bowls, the one Super Bowl win. All the records "Ah." he snapped in 2013, you know, comeback player of the year, whatever, whatever. Um, Only like the greatest four year stretch in Broncos history. But other than that, he really didn't do much. So it was a hard decision. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Peyton Manning, your all-decade quarterback for the Denver yep. Broncos. Uh, running back, we had two guys here, and I think the interesting thing about both of these guys, both of them undrafted.
0: Yeah. I was honestly surprised by uh, – I chose C.J. Anderson Philip Lindsay. I was honestly surprised by C.J.'s numbers when I went back and, and looked at him. Um, I was, to be honest, I was prepared to go with just Phillip, even though he's had like a year and a half with the Broncos, which seems a little eh, – I don't usually like to do that. But just because of what he's done, and you know how where he started as like the last guy on the depth chart um, in training camp, I thought was impressive. But I mean, CJ put up some serious numbers. Over his tenure, so Andy, you know, was part of two Super Bowl teams, so can't knock him there.
1: Yeah, and not only did he put up some serious numbers, CJ was really, really good in the pass game mm-hmm. too, and, yep. and in pass blocking as well. I mean, you talk to a bunch of guys, and they'll tell you CJ was like having another quarterback mm-hmm. out on the field. And and when Peyton left, and you had that rotation of young quarterbacks, you're still going through that rotation of young quarterbacks. CJ was was really really mm-hmm. helpful to those guys too. So not only did he have maybe some surprising numbers, but he brought a lot to the table uh, from a leadership standpoint and from a knowing football standpoint, uh, which I think is why he is a good addition to this list. And then you can't argue with the productivity of Philip Lindsay. The question for Phil is is can he continue to do that? over right. the long haul um, and if he does I think he's going to be up there with Terrell Davis in conversation of, of best Bronco running backs of all time and Floyd Little and those guys um, who who have gold jackets you know I think he could he could he's on he's on path yeah. to, to get there yeah. it's got to be a longevity thing obviously uh, but he's certainly on path to get there and then uh, so from the two running backs we go to the fullback and Andy Janovich I mean that's who, who doesn't I mean Janovich,
0: you need 22 right? of them So that wasn't obvious. I mean, how many fullbacks do they, they just extended a fullback who most people thought he wouldn't last beyond a year. Also, he still drives the beat up pickup truck. He drove in probably what high school, college. So Jano is a gem. You can't, I, I had to find room in there and I, you know, if I had to do it over again and actually have the, you know, 11 players like they choose to have sometimes, um, Honestly, I would probably have to get rid of Philip Lindsay, and nobody would like me for doing that in Colorado. So I did this for the people. Yeah, if you had put out
1: this list, if you had put out this list without Philip Lindsay, you would have gotten some emails.
0: Yeah. So I am willing to take a penalty for Philip Lindsay. Is what it comes down to.
1: That's fair. I don't it's think for the people. this
0: countries going to fight. It's for, for the people. Wide receivers.
1: Demarius Thomas. And Emmanuel Sanders. I think DT is an obvious one, right? right? Mm-hmm. DT's DT's your number one. Yeah, when, I when mean, you're talking you know, about a guy from from 2010 on.
0: Yeah, there's no I, doubt. yeah, I mean, you know, you can harp on his drops, and he wasn't the same player he was by the time he left, dealt with injuries and whatnot. But I mean, he's r- ranked among the top three in nearly every Broncos receiving category. So yeah, that's duh. And then Emmanuel. I mean, I. The numbers he put up were serious. I think a lot of it, obviously, is because he had Peyton Manning as a quarterback and having DT on the opposite side helped. Um, but Emmanuel is no doubt a, a heck of a receiver and, in my mind, the most productive throughout that span. Who did you have in mind? Well, I, I like DT.
1: There's no doubt about that. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go like 2A and, and 2B, and I'll give Emmanuel maybe like the first half of a game, per se, Um <clears throat> and hit, wink, wink, nudge, mm-hmm, nudge. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll let Emmanuel play the first Before half. he takes himself then, out. Oh, I didn't maybe say switch. that. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe he switches his cleats or, or just takes them off in general. Um And did you consider Eric Decker is kind of what I want to know. Brandon Marshall is not available for this category because he was 2006 right. to 2009. Um, but But did Eric Decker get some consideration? He did.
0: And then I remembered they did not. Resign him in free agency, yet they gave uh, Emmanuel Sanders an extension. So, um, yes, uh, Emmanuel Sanders won the Super Bowl so with the Broncos. So yeah. That's, yeah, that's I did. Fair. But if that's you're fair. going, um, Decker
1: Decker didn't have the longevity. That's either. true. I mean, it was it was only three years. That's
0: true. And um. You know, might I just point out, if you're going to go 2A and 2B, but give me a hard time about having 12 players on offense, then technically you would have, you know, one too many as well. But whatever. I'm not counting. It's okay. Well, no, I had first half.
1: I had first half and then second half. So So it's different.
0: All right. Well, I'm using Philip Lindsay in the second half. <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: that's fair. That's fair. Uh, and, and just a correction on Decker. It was four years, although that first year was only, uh, it, well, it was 14 games, no starts and only 106 yards.
0: Yeah. But I him mean, and DT, DT had DT. a reality show. I
1: feel like that's got gonna... Oh my gosh. And it was so good. Technically it was Decker's Yeah. But I mean, I like DT made a constant. Yeah. I only
0: watched on. it when DT was on it. Um, like when they were building the cribs, um, that was some entertaining stuff.
1: Made getting the ice bath together. It was really yeah. Cool. That's adorable. Not that I not that I watched Goodness. every episode mm. of that show. But anyway, we move on. Uh, <laughs> I <ends>. have
0: questions <laughs> afterward.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tight ends, Julius Thomas. That's kind of the obvious you one know, too, right? Still
0: trying to replace him. Um, no they fan really though. Are. I know. No fan. No fans looking good though after the you know his big breakout game against Cleveland. So he's their best chance. He might fan
1: might put himself in the running for all decade team of the 2020s. Yep. Um, you know, but I mean, obviously you're right. They're still trying to replace Julius Thomas and what yep. he brought to this offense, especially that 2013 season. He was absolutely incredible. Um, and, and they have certainly swung and missed at that position. Uh, when you look at mm-hmm. Jeff Hireman and and Jake Budd and, um, they've they've had their run and Virgil Green and, and nobody seemed to stick uh, outside of, of Julius Thomas moving to the offensive line uh, you go Ryan Clady and Orlando Franklin as your mm-hmm. offensive tackles did you give Garrett Bowles any consideration or were you holding out hope that he would turn things did, around? You did
0: you purposely like say it holding out uh, that's much. I got it yep um, that one didn't go over my head um, no I did not um <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Clady is obvious. I mean, come on. He's an obvious one. And Big O, I like Big O. So, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Garrett. You were not in contention, nor were um, you know the 15 other right tackles they've cycled through over the last five years, um, whose names I can barely recall at this point. Chris Clark, Menelik Watson, Donald Stevenson. Yeah, there were a lot of them.
1: You made this – and you made this point in the article, I mean – when you look at the Broncos over the last decade, twenty thirteen on the offensive side, and then when we get to the defense, you are going to see a lot of names from twenty fifteen. Yeah, but but that's kind of what this boils down to, and the reason for that is they were historically good in yep. both of those seasons on their respective sides of the
0: ball. Yeah, I mean, I, I could have just chosen the twenty thirteen offense and twenty fifteen defense. So I thought some some positions needed changing. Like I really wanted to include um, Matt Paradis as the center because in my mind he's been he's been one of their best so he's Peyton Manning's last center um, so I made a few small changes but yeah I, they've had some great units over the last nine years or so um, and it set the bar high I mean going to two, two, two Super Bowls in three years I mean, you just don't do that that often with two very different teams that's what's amazing to me mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they've had some talent. Well, and,
1: and you mentioned Matt Paradis at center. I mean, remember before he got hurt mm-hmm. in his last year, he had played every snap for mm-hmm. what I think it was the last three years, mm-hmm. uh, three and a half. I mean, he was the Iron Man of that offense and and really of the NFL too. I mm-hmm. mean, he was incredibly consistent and and had a big part in that yeah. offense and why they were so good. Um, for, for all those years. And the fact that he worked his way up from the practice squad too, mm-hmm. which you mentioned in your article, I think is is a huge, huge nod.
0: Yeah. And he he, he continued to play every snap even after undergoing some serious surgeries in the offseason too on his hips. He came back and played every snap. Um, so, yeah, I, Matt Paradis was a good one. I kind of wish they had hung on to him. Um, the Broncos have had a lot of really – Good picks in the latter rounds of these drafts. I mean, I, he's won, certainly. Danny Trevathan. I look at um, Julius Thomas was pretty. It was a late round pick, so they've found success in the latter rounds for sure. And he's he's certainly one of them.
1: I would love to see the interior of this offensive line on the 2019 team mm. with Paradis at center, McGovern at guard, and Reisner at
0: guard. yeah. That would be that legit. Would be, that would be legit. Yeah. yeah. I, I instead went legit. with. Chris Cooper and Zane Beatles at guard. Cooper, unfortunately, had the ankle injury that ended his career, um, but he was a heck of a guard. And now he's their assistant O-line coach um, in helping Dalton Reisner become a good guard, who's already probably their best offensive lineman as a rookie this year, Uh, and then Zane Beatles. So those are my two. You agree? Disagree? No love for Luis
1: Vasquez, huh?
0: Oh, I liked Luis Vasquez, but no, sorry. No, I took Zane. Hmm. <laughs> that,
1: was, that was really genuine yeah, and really heartfelt. No. Oh, I like this podcast. Did you know, know he's
0: like a super power lifter now? Like he's yoked. That would
1: make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the guy was an all pro in 2013.
0: Yeah, but like the, you know, the lumps have become muscles. It's crazy. The lumps have become <laughs> They're less squishy. <laughs>
1: Moving on to the so, defense. It's, uh, well, it's funny what happens to offensive linemen, right? Like you can go the Tyler Columbus route where you lose a whole bunch of it weight. Kills me. Or, it's not
0: fair. Or, it's not no. fair. You just stop no, playing a game did. and it like it just melts off you. That's not right.
1: And it feels like Tyler went from like six foot seven to seven foot seven. Yeah. All of a sudden, too. He's much taller now that he's yeah. skinnier.
0: The extra weight went like vertical it seems just stretched out (laughs) like joe thomas who's like shredded now how does that that's that's ridiculous that's that shouldn't be allowed but whatever
1: not fair no some guys get all the Get all the all the genetics. Uh, okay, so let's switch over to the defensive mm-hmm. side of the ball, and as we kind of hinted at, there's a lot of 2015 names from here, uh, and for good reason. We'll start on the defensive front. Uh, you got Derek Wolfe, Malik Jackson, and Elvis Dumerville mm-hmm. on your on your front here. So you're going with the three-four, uh, the 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 Wade uh, Wade Phillips defense, which only seems appropriate.
0: Yeah, they won a Super Bowl with. Wade's three, four. I mean, and technically, Elvis could be an edge guy, but I wanted to include him, and I was going to include Demarcus and Vaughn on, on the edge. So Elvis moves to the line. So, I mean, I, Derek's might be maybe a Broncos lifer. Malik Jackson was great in that Super Bowl year, and that's really why he ended up on this team. Um, I would have been curious to see what they could have done had he stayed. But you know they were only going to keep Derek or Malik, and Derek took the discount. So there you go. And Elvis was just you know one of the top top defenders they've had over the last nine years. Yeah, so. I mean
1: Malik Malik Super Bowl year got him that massive contract yeah. with Jacksonville, six years and eighty five and a half million dollars. Yeah. Um, and you're right. Had they kept, you wish like you look at this list. And, and you got to remember it wasn't that long ago that a lot of these guys were on the team, right? Like right. this is, this is not that long ago. I mean, we're talking about four years and sure in, in the NFL, that can sometimes be a career, mm-hmm. but man, you think about where they would be had they kept some of these guys and, and what they would have been able to do, especially going back to the offensive side of the football and Julius Thomas, right? Like yeah. had they, had they kept him? And obviously he didn't have, the type of production that he had as a Bronco when he left town. But still, have they been able to keep him? Have they been able to keep Malik Jackson, uh, Danny Trevathan, who's on this list a little bit later? You can't help but wonder what could have been but again these guys win Super Bowls and then they go off and get paid and nobody's going to blame them for that uh, before we jump ahead to Danny Trevathan and inside linebackers gotta hit the outside linebackers and again more mm-hmm. really really obvious choices in Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware
0: yeah I mean the two combined for 68 and a half sacks 287 tackles I mean the numbers are just silly um and, and that and, was just in there three years together right three years together and the The real reason I wanted to choose him, well, aside from secondary reason, I should say, is because it had a lasting impact. Like DeMarcus's impact on Vaughn um, has helped him just with his own career, Um, just getting him on track after, you know, some hiccups early in his career. Um, And now it seems like he's kind of paying that forward. So I, I think the impact of having those two together really went beyond themselves and really helped that outside linebackers group as a whole and continues to do so.
1: Inside linebackers, Danny Trevathan and Brandon Marshall, the, uh, the starting linebackers for that Super Bowl 50 team. I mean, those guys were, were so good together. Yeah. And Brandon had some good years even after that Super Bowl 50 run, and Danny obviously off doing his thing in, <laughs> in Chicago now. But uh, hard to argue with either one of those guys as your inside linebackers.
0: Yeah, they were, they were great together, and I, I honestly think Danny Trevathan was their greatest loss um, from that group. Because I, I think they struggled to replace him. I mean, Todd Davis is quite good. Brandon Marshall is quite good. But Danny and Brandon Marshall together were just – they were lethal. So, and, and Danny's Danny's so powerful but also fast and great in coverage that I think he would have been great um, sticking around on this defense. And I do wonder what will happen. You know, he's going to be a free agent. Is he somebody Vic tries to bring with him here to, to Denver? Maybe. I mean, you have to worry about his, you know, his injury history. Um, but when he's healthy, he still plays well. And he plays hard.
1: Moving out to the corners, you got Akeeb and Chris. Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned in the article it was hard to leave off a guy who's now got a gold jacket in Champ Bailey. Mm-hmm. But also hard to argue with Aqib Tlaib and his yeah.
0: yeah, I mean. And,
1: and what they were able to do with, with that no-fly zone.
0: Yeah, I mean Chris Aikie, like Danny and Brandon, they they played so well together, and their four years together, I, they were just that was a no fly zone. Um, and keeps four years were the four years he had in Denver were better than Champ's four years within the 2010s. So that's why keep got the nod, and you know he's he's the team's all time pick six leader. So how can you not? Uh, so yeah, those w- those two were. Pretty easy choices. I mean, this whole defense really just kind of makes itself, you know?
1: Yeah, well, it's one of the best in history, and yeah. that's why they're showing up on the all-decade team. And you go from the corners in the no-fly zone to the free safety in the no-fly zone and Darian Stewart, and then the strong safety there, uh, TJ Ward. I mean, those, mm-hmm. those four guys together – Literally kept offensive coordinators up at night, like, how do we go attack these guys? And they were all so good at what they could do as individuals, and that was what made them so good as a group.
0: Yeah. I think with another year or two, um, Justin 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 Simmons Simmons will inevitably replace Darian Stewart. But within the time frame and what this group was able to do as a whole, Darian was just – he was that perfect fit. He came in kind of unheralded. Nobody really thought much of it. And he was just that final missing piece. I mean, the opener, he has an interception against his former team, Baltimore. I mean, that's from start to finish, that 2015 season was great. And it was because of every single player, not just, you know, one superstar and some decent pieces around him every player contributed so had to include dairy in there
1: yeah and i'm with you i think justin simmons is certainly working his way to that next Mm -hmm. level and to being talked about as as one of the best broncos um certainly for this this time period over the last four years and what he has done this year um and then obviously his impending free agency great article by the way um that you wrote that's on the athletic if you're uh, interested in reading more on Justin Simmons, I thought it was was really really fascinating, and he's a, he's a great dude, and and that was a great article mm-hmm. and a great guy too. So, uh, a shameless plug there for you. Thank uh, you. Special teams, uh, Matt Prater is your kicker, and uh, I think this is one where we kind of differ a little bit here.
0: Are you going the kid McManus?
1: I'm going with the kid. I'm going with the kid McManus. Sing. Why did you pick Prater?
0: Well. He's more efficient. I mean, Brandon has been great. Brandon's playoff stretch in 2015, where he nailed every field goal, was huge, especially for that offense, um, since they couldn't score much. But I just think Prater overall has been more efficient. Um, but it was close. I mean, I, I could have, you could have convinced me to go either way, but I went with Prater. So from 2010
1: to 2013, Prater was 209 for 210 in extra points and 107 for 127. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was including the year where he ended up in in Detroit. Um, And then you go back to to McManus and his numbers from 2014 to now 2019. Uh, He is... 182 of 185. So, so more, very less small difference, yeah. And more but remember, they moved the field goal back, yeah. So, that I think factored into that as well. And then 127 for 175 in terms of field goal maids. Uh, field goal makes and field goal attempts so yeah I mean you, you kind of caught toss a coin I go with with McManus because um I I know McManus better than I know Prater and you um, like his, he
0: liked <laughs> his mustache that he shaved every like four his weeks mustache. why did he do yeah. that I mean he yeah. was going for the full Tom Selleck look and I don't
1: I I do think too like he's had he's had struggles as of late bring um bring it back and and that might be an issue of of concern moving into the off season. Uh, you went deep on your on your depth chart, leaving no position untouched. Uh, punter Britton Colquitt. That was that was Obvious. kind of no brainer yeah. too,
0: right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, come on. Yeah.
1: And then you even threw in the long snapper. You He's give a Pro the long Bowler. Love, right? How can
0: you leave off a Pro bowl long snapper? I mean, you got to give Casey Kreider some love.
1: Yeah, give Casey Kreider some love. He certainly deserves it. Um, and your line in the article is name, name another Pro Bowl long snapper for the Broncos. You can't because there isn't one. So mic drop Ooh. right there as we end the uh, Broncos all decade team. Uh, so let us know. What, what do you think? I mean, to us – it seems pretty obvious. I think we talked about the guys who maybe stand out the most who were left off of the list. Uh, but is there a guy that you're thinking of that you want to say, hey, you know, he could have been on the list too. Uh, you can always find us on Twitter at Nikki Javala uh, and I'm at Michael cbs 4 And uh, you can always uh, interact with us there and uh, would love to get your take on, on Nikki's all-decade team, although I think it's, uh, it's pretty rock solid.
0: Well, thanks. In the meantime, all the NFL teams did it on The Athletics. So be sure to check out all the other ones. And be sure to check out Time's Ours, our Kansas City Chiefs podcast and State of the Nation, our Oakland Raiders podcast. They'll go more into depth into each of their all-decade teams as well. A bunch of good content out there. So plenty of reading for your holiday week there.
1: Appreciate you guys uh, tuning in to this bonus episode. Uh, if you are just stumbling across us for the first time, we do two episodes a week. Uh, one on iTunes and one that is for athletic subscribers exclusively. But uh, make sure you rate us on iTunes, uh, subscribe to the podcast as well, and uh, then we'll obviously continue to bring you those uh, two episodes a week, one kind of recapping the game on Mondays and then one looking forward to the game ahead uh, that comes out uh, usually on Fridays. We get that to you. So uh, thank you guys for listening and tuning in to Mile High Magic. And uh, for my partner, Nikki Javala, I'm Michael Spencer. We will talk to you next time here on the podcast.